This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, happy Thanksgiving out there, wherever you are, whoever you're with. Hopefully it's Thursday when you're listening to this, so that makes sense. Today is Thanksgiving, uh, Turkey Day, as known by some. And man, just as followers of Christ, we really have more to be thankful for than anyone on the entire planet. You know, So hopefully today is a day that for all of you is just filled with a deep gratitude for what the Lord has given you a thankfulness for uh, how he's grown you and and stretched you maybe maybe it's just a celebration and a joy and some of the ways that he's moving right now in your lives or maybe you're just grateful for Jesus and that's what you're focusing on today hopefully today you have some opportunities with family and and friends and loved ones to just do that process together you know to to express gratitude but most specifically uh, give gratitude to God, you know, give thanks to our Lord and just praise him for who he is today. Today, we are taking a bit of a break from our normal Behold program. My boy, Dan, I think is probably playing football right now at our Turkey Bowl, annual Turkey Bowl. Uh, but we just thought it'd be a, a nice opportunity to um, take a break from our normal Sunday kind of debrief routine and just talk about gratitude and we were so thankful that our very own Larry Wagner last week at our Thanksgiving special at, at the gathering, man, just gave a powerful uh, explanation of how God has transformed his heart recently regarding gratitude and thankfulness and specifically joy and celebration as it relates to gratitude. And especially a day like today, which hopefully is a celebratory t- day for many of you, it's just a, a, a encouraging and helpful reminder. So... We're going to play that audio for you today, and hopefully it's a blessing to you and an encouragement to you as you get ready to start your Thanksgiving. And yeah, we hope that as you eat turkey and eat your eat stuffing and maybe jello salad or whatever else you got going on, again, that your eyes are fixed on Christ and that today is just a reminder of our God's faithfulness for you. Love you guys. Catch you next week. Happy Thanksgiving! For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Larry. For those of you who do know who I am, my name's still Larry. I help out in high school and in Quest, and you've probably seen me around VBC for the last 10 or 12 years if you've been going here that long. I wanted to talk tonight about celebration. In John 2, Jesus is at a wedding feast. And in John 2.11, it says, what Jesus did in Cana at this wedding feast was the first of the signs through which he received his glory. He decided to do the first of his signs at a celebration. And that's very appropriate, I think, for this time of year because it's kind of the time of year for celebrations, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or people's birthdays sprinkled in there or anniversaries like my parents' 60th coming up. So it really is a time of year for celebrations. And in the past, celebrations have not been my thing. To say the least, they have not been my thing. In fact, some of the reasons that I used not to engage in celebrations sound something like this. 
I was designed with introverted DNA, so I should use it. God desires order, stewardship, and discipline, not partying. There's more productive ways to spend my time, money, and energy. Cake is overrated, and those hats are embarrassing, right? How about the calendar isn't going to dictate what I feel like doing? Or celebrating makes light of hurting and suffering. Or even like watching something like SpongeBob on TV, it's just a momentary distraction. But God has been doing a transforming work in my life on this topic of celebration. He is redeeming what I think about it and how I look at it and my attitude about celebration. He's shown me great ways that we benefit and are blessed when we celebrate, and those celebrations are centered around God and who He is and what He's done and what He's going to do. And the fact that we need to regularly celebrate God. It even says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says to rejoice always, to celebrate always and be thankful in every circumstance. I think that's God's will for us. And I think he has shown me over the past several years that he is the God of celebration. Not only was Jesus at this wedding feast celebrating, but his time on earth was filled with engaging in the different celebrations that God had implemented for the Israelites in the Old Testament. And these celebrations were meant to particularly do two things. One is for you to stop your life, to stop your normal life and the things that you normally do and implement new things. And it didn't matter how you were feeling. It didn't matter what you were going through in your life. If you felt positive, negative, you felt like you were in the middle of a bunch of successes or your life was falling apart. He said, stop. Stop and implement these things and focus on me. Focus on who I am. Recall who I am as God and what are my attributes. Focus on recounting my goodness in your life and recalling the way I've been faithful, not only to you, but in generations past. And reminding each other of the promises still to come in the future. These celebrations varied in length from a day to a week. And they also varied in tone. Some were more somber and some were much more upbeat or merry. But the main point was to stop, pause, refocus on me, recall who I am. So I don't know if you've heard, but there's a thing called hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Because oxygen is good for us and helps our body heal and helps us to fight different diseases and illnesses. And it builds our immunity. So they built these capsules where you, you lay in them and they pump in 100% pure oxygen. Normally we breathe about 20% oxygen. So they put you in this chamber and they fill it with 100% oxygen and they seal it up. And then they raise the air pressure in that, ox in that chamber also. So that it's literally pushing the oxygen into your lungs and into you so that your body can use as much of it as possible to heal and get better. Like they've changed the environment for a short amount of time that your body is living in. That's what these celebrations were meant to do is to change the environment, actually change the atmosphere that you're living in for a while 
to push God in on you. So this hyperbaric oxygen therapy reminds me of what would happen at these festivals and feasts and celebrations that God implemented in the Old Testament. That they were meant to change the environment that you were living in, to actually change the atmosphere. So it was pushing God and things of God in you and pushing out impurities and things that did not bring you close to God. If I could say so, maybe it was a hyperbaric otherworldly therapy. So Jesus engaged in all these same ceremonies and celebrations and festivals that God put into place in the Old Testament. And there's also a chapter in Luke that I like to call the celebration chapter. It's Luke 15 because it's three stories about celebration. And I hope that sometime during this holiday season you'll read it. So in Luke 15 there's three stories about celebration. The first one is about a lost sheep and how this shepherd celebrates when he finds his sheep and he calls his friends together to celebrate. And the second one is about a woman who lost a tenth of her wealth and when she found it, invited her friends and neighbors to celebrate with her. And the last one is the one about the prodigal son who throws away everything that his dad gave him, his whole inheritance, he just squanders it. And he comes back home and his dad welcomes him with open arms and throws this big party for him. And his brother's like, Dad, what are you doing? What, why are we partying for my brother who has just thrown away everything, who didn't appreciate anything you gave him? And in the last verse of chapter 15, his dad says, we had to celebrate. We had to celebrate. We did not have a choice because your, your brother who was once lost has been found. He came home. These stories communicate that we should be celebrating. Every time someone is rescued or saved from separation with God, or any time they discover or rediscover the value of God in their life, or any time they find such worth and treasure in God that it's worthy of their deepest devotion, that we should be celebrating. Jesus also talked about this great wedding feast that will take place at the end of the age with all those who live faithfully and who have, have given their lives to Him and have accepted Him as their Savior and the Lord of their life. They will all be together in this great banquet in the presence of God, celebrating this great wedding feast. So when we celebrate, whether it's for something big like a 60th wedding anniversary or somebody coming to their faith or being baptized, or something as small as another birthday, or an award, or a championship on it, whatever we're celebrating, if we're doing it in a way that's grounded in God, we are practicing for heaven. Celebration also focuses us on God's truths and God's attributes. And in so doing, it exposes Satan's lies and it exposes the world's deception and it exposes our selfishness. Many of which were written in my list of excuses as to why it was better to avoid celebration sometimes and not go. Let's take for example, God desires order, stewardship and discipline and not partying. I mean, it sounds reasonable, right? Most lies 
do have partial truths in them or at least sound like truth. But part of the order and the discipline that God asks of us is to celebrate Him often and to celebrate things that bring Him glory often. How about there's more productive ways to spend my time, money, and energy? Actually, every minute that I have and every dollar that I have and every ounce of energy that I have is a gift. And what better way to spend those than to celebrate and recall God's goodness and His faithfulness and to look forward to His future promises. The calendar isn't going to dictate how I feel, but God knows there are certain times that we need to refocus on Him. I mean, He gave us the Sabbath every week because He knows that therapy that we were talking about earlier when we get together and we celebrate and it pushes the things of God in on us, it doesn't last very long. The oxygen treatment helps your body to absorb oxygen better and to work more efficiently for a while, but it wears off. And the same with these celebrations. God knows the world is going to wear us down and it's going to wear off and we need celebrations often. And so maybe the calendar does need to tell us that it's time to refocus on God's mercy and His grace. How about celebrating makes light of the hurting and suffering? Actually, it reminds us that God is going to redeem every one of those situations, that He will wipe away every tear, that He will extinguish every fear. He is a God of redemption and reconciliation, and He's at work in those situations whether we see it right now or not. And is it a momentary distraction to celebrate? Or is it actually a perception correction that refocuses us on the most important things? Also, something else that's held me back in the past from celebrating is I like to feel safe. I like to protect myself. And I felt like celebrating or being too thankful maybe would come back to haunt me tomorrow if something didn't work out the way I had planned. Or when I looked back tomorrow when something unenjoyable or even tragic happened, I'd be like, why was I celebrating last night? But this is not about me. I'm not celebrating me. I'm celebrating God who holds the world in His hand and who works every situation for good to those who love Him. And nothing happens that God does not allow to happen that He cannot use for His purposes, for our good and for His glory. And secondly, I wasn't always comfortable with celebrating. Whether I thought I was going to look silly or make a fool of myself, or whether it was what somebody else was going to think about me. But again, this is not about me. This is celebrating God, the creator of the heaven and earth, who I owe every breath that I take to. And that's why I think it's appropriate to celebrate in any circumstance. And why we should be desperate to celebrate. That God desires me to celebrate 
and that he celebrates with me when I celebrate because he's the God of celebration. And when we celebrate correctly, grounded in God, centered around him and who he is and what he does, it's an act of worship. Psalm 145. Please take time to read it. Amazing psalm about praising God, about celebrating God. Five of the seven words that are used in the Old Testament for praise are used in that psalm. Plus some other words that talk about singing and playing instruments for His glory. Words of praise that mean things like kneeling down or throwing your hands up in praise or throwing forth your praise, or singing loudly, or shouting. Or there's one that even, even gives the idea of acting crazy, kind of like David did when they brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Israel. It looked crazy to people, but he was praising God with everything that he had. We can do what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, being thankful in every circumstance. Rejoicing always, no matter our circumstances or what we're going through, our trials, our tribulations, our excitement for life, our hesitation for life, whether our life has turned out the way we wanted or we're disappointed with it. So we can live out 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 in being thankful in every circumstances and rejoicing always. And I want to give you just a few examples of why we can do this and why we can celebrate no matter how we're feeling, no matter what our attitude is. I started making this list just a couple weeks ago and I challenge all of you to make a list. I waited way too long, 57 some years. Well, I guess I couldn't write for a few of those years, but I waited way too long to start this list about who God is who he's shown me to be, who he's shown himself to be in the Bible and in other people's lives. Reasons why we can be thankful and celebrate and rejoice always in every circumstance. So I'm just going to read a few. We can be thankful because our God is a God of celebration, a God of joy and peace and hope. We can celebrate because he is the God of life. Abundant life, eternal life. He's the God of resurrection. We can rejoice because he is the God of power and the God of the powerless. He's the God of refuge and strength who supplies all strength and whose strength never ends. We can celebrate because he is the God of the wind and the waves, the God of thunder, the God who speaks and whispers and the God who hears our whispers. We can be thankful because he's the God of love, incomprehensible, never-ceasing, sacrificial, unconditional, all-encompassing love. We can rejoice because he's the God who defeated sin, who breaks chains. He's the God of freedom. We can be thankful because he's the God of the lost and the outcast, the orphan and the lonely. He's the God who fights our battles, who goes before us and who brings victory and brought victory over death once and for all. He's the God who heals and also the God who knows pain. 
He's the God who holds the universe together, the God of beauty, and the God who makes beauty out of ashes. He's the God who is for me and who will never forsake me, the God of revival and renewal. He's the God who seeks and saves, who pursues us. He shows us the way. He is the way. He is the God of language, the God of time, the God of music, and the God of rhyme. He's the God of order, whose reign knows no borders. He's the God of pierced hands, who took my place, and who now, day and night, pleads my case. He is the God who is high and mighty, holy and pure. He mends the broken and makes us whole. We can celebrate because he's the God of grace, sufficient for each day, each situation, each person and every place. We can be thankful because he is the God who's always near, the God who supplies our every need, the God of the humble and meek, and the God who promises that you will find him if you dare seek. He's the God who carried the cross and carried my sin, who took my punishment, who felt the Father turn away and who spoke with his last breaths, it is finished. The God who destroyed the power of sin and death. He is the God of triumph. And he is the God of triumph in tragedy. He is the God of confounding mystery and yet the God of breathtaking revelations. He's the God of holiness. Uncompromising, unchanging, unswerving, steadfast, relentless, faithful forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.